0: Um, We're continuing our series on prayer, or we're actually going to finish off this week on prayer. And uh, this week we're talking about being with God. And I thought the best opportunity for us to explore that would be to invite some testimonies of um, what it's been like to be with God. So we've asked Dudley, I've asked Dudley, and I've asked Ruth and Neil if they would come and share a testimony of being with God and what does that look like. So can we welcome Dudley first? Thank you. Go for
1: it. This is my second time giving this today. You think that would make me more confident? And let's hope that's the case. <laughs> <laughs> contemplative prayer is a habit I formed almost by accident. Not only do I set aside time after reading a Bible passage to contemplate and explore its meaning, but I do a lot of contemplative prayer as a means of navigating life. As many of you will know, I went through a nervous breakdown. I was hospitalized and in that time I went homeless, which is actually how I landed in Bishop Stalkford through the YMCA. Now I can say from experience, no one has more in their mind than a crazy homeless person. And my mind was very full It felt like a dark storm of every negative emotion all turned up to 11. And I just couldn't see hope for the future. And that's when I really embraced contemplative prayer as a way of processing my situation. To help me untangle all my thoughts and just get guidance on how to move forward. Naturally, the more I engaged in this type of prayer the closer I drew to God and the more profound I would experience his presence to the point where I would approach him just to spend time with him and experience what I call the first breath of the day. And I call it this because when I connect with him, I feel a sense of peace, like I've been holding my breath all day long. And it's that first breath that allows my shoulders to fully drop for the tension to get exhaled and I can fully relax into his presence. This would become an invaluable tool for me and would become the trigger that would form my prayer habit. For example, I would get to the bus stop just in time to see my bus leave without me. And as my frustration and concern for my frozen food defrosting would build, I'd stop and I'd connect with God to experience that first breath. and Before I knew it, the next bus would be here, as I'd spent the whole time in contemplative prayer and was no longer stressed that my ice cream was now a milkshake. (laughs) I wish I could say that only happened once. I drank a lot of ice cream this summer. (laughs) As I prepared to write this, I obviously spent quite a lot of time in contemplative prayer, And one thing that kept coming to me was a word that I got a while back, actually one of the first words I received in this church, and that word was, you are a true friend of God. And I feel like this perfectly encapsulates both my prayer habit and my relationship with God, because I approach him as a friend, and he returns that sentiment we all have that friend that we go to when we need help and most if not all of us have approached God as that friend. But we also have those coffee friends that we see when we need guidance and God can be that friend too. Just as we have those friends we might see for a drink when we need to vent or let off steam, God can be one of those friends. As well as even the friends we contact when we're bored or lonely, God can be that friend too. I want you to think for a moment of a close friend of yours. I know that when I do this, all the best bits of that friendship just pop to mind. And what I notice about that is really are those best bits the big things, like asking for favours. More often, they're the little things that can seem inconsequential at the time, but turn into precious memories that I that endear us to one another. The follow-up question is, how many of those moments do you have with God? I know I have many of them. One that struck me vividly as I was writing this was one of my first nights in the YMCA. After a series of false bottoms, I felt like I just kept sinking lower and lower, and I just found myself on the floor crying inconsolably. That's when God reached out to me and comforted me. And after a couple of hours in his presence, I was able to get up and move forward. I've also been quite lucky to experience dreams of Jesus coming and sitting with me as a friend during tough times. So the advice I'd like to leave you with is the next time you need a friend, instead of reaching for your phone to send out some messages and see who responds, why not reach out your heart and spend some time with God as a friend, and create more of those precious memories with Him? Because I know from experience, not only is He happy to return the friendship, but that He's like spending time with you.
0: That was. Um That was an amazing gift that we just received of generosity to share his testimony and his story to us as a community so that we have an additional entry point into the heart of the Father. That's amazing. Would you pray for us, please? Thank you. I'd
1: like to ask the Father to plot out a path for each person in this room and for that path to turn us into the people he wants us to be in his name may that path be accompanied by Jesus walking at our side and may those paths fill us with the Holy Spirit not only so that we are filled with joy but that joy spills out to everyone around us Amen
0: Amen. Amen. Let's thank Dudley again. Thank you so much. Thank you. Can we welcome Ruth and Neil. I think Ruth you're going to go
1: first, is that right?
0: Brilliant. Thank you. Thank you.
2: Morning everybody. And <laughs> um, it's it feels hard for me to sum up prayer because I think prayer for me looks Um, so different and can feel so different depending on what's going on in my life at the moment and where I'm journeying with God. But I'm just going to talk about a few aspects of prayer um, from my life. Um, I think um, one of the things I want to talk about is how God sometimes gives me like a real burden for a situation or somebody. And um, that feels like really quite intense. And um, I'll go to the living room and I will... um, Mostly kneel down by the sofa and bury my head in the sofa, and I will pray, and um, and I'll I'll weep and I'll call out to God for that person, and um, I'll fast and pray, and sometimes Neil will join me, and he may bury his head in the sofa too, or we may walk around the living room, or we may like fast and pray together, but um, I really feel like I'm battling with God over that issue, and. Um, Although I don't always see the answer to that prayer straight away, um, we have seen incredible breakthroughs. So, um, yeah, those are amazing and powerful times of prayer. Um another way that I connect with God in prayer is through speaking in tongues, and I find that just so helpful because I can pray my heart to God for that situation or that person, and I can pray my dreams and my desires and my wishes and the things that I don't even know how to put into words, and I feel like this spirit connection with God, and um, it's really helpful as well if I'm feeling tired because um, I can just just pray and I can push through and I know that that God hears those prayers. Um, What else? Um, Also just casual prayers. So um, I enjoy walking and talking with Jesus. Sometimes I walk around the woods and um, I'll imagine him right by my side and we'll just chat and I'll talk through the things of life that I'm journeying through. And um, sometimes I even sort of imagine myself holding his hand and saying, God, like, come into this situation with me. I know that you're with me, but I'm um, recognising that you're there and um, I'm strengthened and comforted by that. Um, the The thing that I also want to talk about is how prayer, I can sometimes find prayer quite difficult. And um, I don't know if any of you run or are runners, but um, if you're not, take my word for it. Sometimes it's really hard to get out and run. Like sometimes I lack the motivation. And sometimes I find prayer can be a bit like that too. And there are times when it's easy and Jesus is there and I connect with him and everything flows out of me. And other times it's like I can't get down to it. And um, it's really hard, like running. Um, but then once you do it you gain the benefits of it it's really amazing and um, I think some of the things for me that make prayer difficult is disappointment um, and unbelief um, and distraction and and um, with the disappointment I think it's hard not to be disappointed when you have expectation when you pray, like the two go hand in hand, really. So I think what I have to do is I have to take that disappointment back to God. I have to repent. And I have to say to him, like, God, I'm looking at the truth of who you are. I'm reading your word. I'm building my faith and trusting in you that you know what is best in this situation and starting again. So um, that's what I have to do and um, sometimes I journal my prayers when I'm finding it difficult to pray them I don't know how that helps but I sit down and I write them and I suppose what I want to say is if you struggle if you go through a patch of struggling to pray and um, the best thing to do is just find a way that you can connect with God be it through writing being through and um, there was a time when I used to look on um, the internet on Pinterest and I used to just bring up images of Bible verses in beautiful backgrounds and literally I would just feed my soul that way so whatever you can do because a bit like running again sometimes it's it may feel hard and you may not feel the benefits. It may feel like God is far away. But when you put the discipline in, um, your relationship will grow. And over time, you will find that um, you are in a, in a different place with God and with prayer. So just to persevere and keep going. Our prayers are so, so powerful. Um, I just wanted to bring two experiences to you that I've had that I have found have really helped me and I hope will encourage you and um, one is one that I spoke about many years ago um, it happened at our old house but I was in the living room and I was kneeling down um, on the carpet and I was uh, praying about various things and it just felt like God wasn't there it felt like my prayers were just bouncing off the ceiling um, it felt like what was the point actually of doing it And um, all of a sudden, I felt like I came out of my body and I was looking at myself, praying. And as I watched myself, what I saw coming out of my mouth was diamonds and pearls and beautiful jewels. And what I realised was, although I didn't feel like God was there or was listening, that actually to him, the words that I was bringing from my heart were so, so precious. So I hope that encourages you that if ever you're in a patch where you're finding it really, really hard, like persevere because God is there. He sees you and your prayers are so precious to him. The other thing that I want to share was an experience I had again at our old house, um, which was uh, where Neil and I had been fasting and praying for a period of time for one of our children. And I had this incredible experience in my children's room where um, I I literally felt like I was in heaven, like... um, Like, my body couldn't actually cope with it. There was so much joy and love that actually I was flat out on the floor just weeping. And um, I knew in that moment that something had shifted in the heavenlies. Like, I knew that that prayer was being answered. And I knew it. I knew it. And um, the interesting thing is, is that uh, someone else saw... Um, that answer to our prayer that week regarding our child Uh, but actually Neil and I didn't see the answer to that prayer for the next three months but I knew that something had shifted so it's just an encouragement to you pray and persevere in prayer because you have no idea what is happening in those spiritual places and your prayers are being heard and are being worked on and they will be answered. So that's a, an Brilliant. encouragement. They may just not manifest in the physical for a period of time.
0: So. Brilliant. Well done. Thank you.
3: morning um so in terms of being with god um i suppose i've always had some sense of a sense of being with god as a christian uh and it's probably come about in times of worship you know that when you're in the presence of god i love to to be there um or especially when i get prayed for um if you know me if people pray for me i tend to fall over and spend time in the presence of the holy spirit Um, or occasionally when I prayed on my own, it would happen. But it it was something that wasn't a... It it happened on a good day if you were lucky kind of thing. It wasn't a a regular thing of just being in the presence of God. And and when I did have times when I was kind of in the presence of God, I would instinctively feel that I ought to be doing something. I ought to be hearing from God, or I ought to be asking God for something or something should be happening other than my just being like that. Um, so what's changed for me is I now see being with God as a, as a, a valid form of prayer and an end in of itself and then something that I just want to go and, and do and be. Um, and what changed that for me was I spent a year... Uh, kind of once a month, going down to the healing centre at Eastgate uh, a couple of years ago. And uh, um, it started on a Zoom call because it was during COVID. And uh, I had a very strange first meeting with the, the team because they, they didn't have a time of praise and worship. They didn't pray, which is kind of the, my two normal things I would do. Instead, they spent time sharing about different aspects of God's character and his nature and just feeling encouraged. And I I didn't know these people, and this was new and different for me, so I couldn't really get on with it very well. Um, but I did feel the presence of the Holy Spirit on me the whole time. Um, and afterwards, I just noticed a change had happened in me um, whereby my the way that I pray changed. And I found myself, instead of coming to God with my list of prayer requests that I would pray through, I found myself saying to God, okay, you know everything I'm going to pray about. You, you know all the answers to that stuff. So I'm not going to pray about it. I'm just going to sit and listen. And, and I began to, my prayer life changed from one of mostly asking and thanking to kind of spending more time listening to God. And then a, a month later, when I went down to Eastgate Centre for the first time, uh, we were kind of spending time in the presence of God. And, um, and I, as I sat and I just said to God, OK, God, I, what do you want to talk about? I'm listening. I heard God really clearly say to me, um, I just want you to shut up and be... Um, and, and I started to learn about just being with God and just staying in that place. I did tell the team at Eastgate afterwards, and they all laughed at me knowingly. It was like they, they, they got this, they knew it already, they were there. Um, but it was new to me. Um, and so I've, I've spent time more being with God as a kind of my go-to way of prayer, and, and it's kind of the the way that I connect with God first. And then other forms of prayer, kind of listening to him come out of first just being with God. And, I, and I've learned that I don't need to jump through hoops in order to get into God's presence. No, no one told me I did have to jump through hoops. I just felt like that was how it worked because... For a lot of my life, that is how it worked, or how it felt at least. And, and through being with God and just taking that time, I, I found God has changed me a lot. And I've, I, I find myself more surrendered to him. Um, I find myself laying down my life and the areas of my life to him and saying, I, I give it all to you and I trust you with it. Um, and it's through his presence that I was able to do that. And, and then even for situations that I'm praying about, I, I find myself praying, God, do what you want, with who you want, how you want, when you want. Your God, I surrender. I surrender how you want to answer this situation. And I also feel God speaks to me more when I just sit. And I'm not necessarily asking him to speak to me or trying to do anything, but um, I remember I started to get words of knowledge for healing which i'd been wanting and praying for for years and frustrated i wasn't getting much and and it was actually in a time just being flat on my back under under the present having been prayed for by someone not thinking about anything that i started to get words of knowledge just coming out of the blue um yeah i had had one when i was down at eastgate and um there was a chap who'd bought a friend to for prayer, he wasn't coming for prayer himself and uh, this came to me out of the blue, so I I told someone there and they said, oh share it in the microphone at the front, so I did and um, this person who had come he he told the people who were praying for his friend and they prayed for him and he got healed so that was really encouraging Um, other thing I, I find that as I spend time in God's presence, he reveals areas of my life that I need freedom from and, and often they're things that I have could have had for years, didn't know, I needed freedom from them, but he highlights them and he sets me free. I'll, I'll share one example. It was from a meeting, but this happens to me equally just when I'm on my own with God, just being in his presence. We were at Spring Harvest one year and um, I, I could feel the presence of God on my, just here. And... Um, I don't remember what the speaker was speaking about. I don't remember much about the meeting. But I remember just the feeling the sense of the Holy Spirit being on me. And I felt like he was highlighting an area of fear, um, which kind of manifests as a tendency to try and control situations when I'm uncomfortable. And that made me a, well, a grumpy, irritable, impatient person to be around. And, um, and I went forward for prayer at the end. And I got set free from this fear. But in addition to being a less grumpy, irritable, impatient person and having more peace, I I then noticed a step forward in the presence of God. And I noticed a step forward in my ability to hear from God as well. So I, I welcome times when the Holy Spirit highlights these issues because I can see a step forward coming. And I'm going to experience a greater measure of his presence. I'm going to experience a greater measure of hearing. Um, from him and the other thing it's done for me is it's changed my motivation to pray so it's so much easier to feel like praying when you're in the presence of God Um, and I, I sometimes I go for walks at lunchtime it's quiet outside my office and I can just go and sit and be with God and I can connect with him and just hear him speaking uh, or sometimes I do that in the evening if I haven't had a chance to pray in the day. I go for a prayer walk at night when it's quiet. When I've done all my jobs for the day. When you know children are bed and all the rest of it. And I can just go and be quiet. And then sometimes I wake up at 5 o'clock or something like that in the morning. I don't set an alarm. But, and I don't know why I wake up, but I do. And so I'll, I'll just go downstairs and I'll pray for an hour. And I look forward to those times. I actually sometimes go to sleep thinking, I hope I wake up at five so I can go and pray. I didn't used to be like that. But when it's the presence of God is in it, you you want to be there. You want to go to it. And and I find when I pray for a situation that's difficult, often I I will just ask the Holy Spirit, what is your will, what is your plan for that situation? And I'll wait. And, And sometimes God gives me a picture of what he wants to do. And I have so much more faith to pray when I feel a sense of hope that this is what, not, that, you know, it's a bad situation, but actually, and at the same time, this is what God wants to do in it. And I get a picture of that, and it's so, I find that so much easier to pray. So, yeah, being with God has really changed me, and it's really changed my prayer life. Thank Brilliant. you. Thank you. Thank you.
0: <clears throat> these testimonies are invitations, aren't they? They're, they're not comparisons. <clears throat> they're not presented as these guys are getting it right and you can maybe internalize that and go, oh, maybe I'm not. They're just opportunities. They're invitations into the more of God. So if there's any sense in you of, oh, man, Five o'clock, ah, or face down on the floor or anything like that. And it's like, no way, that's never happened to me. No, it's just an invitation. Because our God is a God of grace who works with us where we're at on our journey. And so being with the Father is this opportunity to understand him in the way he wants us to understand him now as opposed to how somebody else is understanding him now. There are these moments in scripture where the Lord speaks and the Bible describes his voice like a multitude. And if you've ever been in a large crowd and you've heard everybody roar or shout, it may be in a stadium watching football or otherwise, it's like it's intense, right? Right? Because there's a thousand or 80,000 plus voices proclaiming something. And you can't always work it out, but there's something and it's enormous. Now, the voice of the Lord is like that because the voice of the Lord speaks eight billion ways to every heart and soul on the planet. And what he's speaking to one, he may not be speaking to another. And we see that in the ministry of Jesus, where he says to one, leave everything you've got, come follow me. Because actually their heart issue is all their possessions and it's the barrier. But he doesn't say it to another who also has a load of wealth because he knows our hearts and he meets us in our point of need. And so this manifest wisdom of God is expressed into the church towards us in different ways in different times. And we've seen that through these beautiful testimonies that Ruth and Neil and Dudley have shared. The scriptures unpack for us basically the narrative journey of God's interaction with humanity. And it starts with this beautiful picture of God in the garden having breathed into being all things. He is the creator. And then we have the chaos that comes as humanity rejects his goodness, thinks less of God than he actually is and chooses its own path, and then falls short Of the glory of God. And the Bible calls that sin. It's missing the mark, it's missing the target. And sin corrupts absolutely. And it leaves us as slaves in the dark, bound, unable to release ourselves from its effects. But God is the redeemer. And very early on, we get this picture of Israel in Exodus, in Egypt, basically struggling under oppression. And that's the human race, under oppression of evil that it cannot manage. We cannot manage knowledge of good and evil. It kills us. It destroys us. We have not the capacity to deal with it on our own. And this whole narrative journey of God releasing Israel from the tyrant and chaos of Egypt is our story too. It's where he steps in as the redeemer. He steps in as the one who makes a way where there is no way. And so for some of us, he is the redeemer. He's the rescuer of our souls. He's the one who steps in and gathers us up and takes us on a journey. He's the pillar of smoke by day and the pillar of fire by night. And then as we work through the scriptures, we see his interaction with Israel. He's the one who gives wisdom, who gives the prophets, who, who speaks as a father and as a mother into the hearts of people. We have a nation who are birthed in Proverbs and Ecclesiastes, wrestling with the meaning of life and trying to understand it. He is the one who speaks wisdom above all ages. He's the one who proclaims truth out of chaos. And we see him parenting a nation into his ways. We see in Song of Solomon this amazing picture that he is the lover who is in pursuit of the beloved. And we struggle and we wrestle with that and we ask God, is this your character towards me? What are you like for me in that way? We see the prophets rail against Israel because they're basically committing adultery. They're falling in love with other gods when they should have only love for the true God himself. And they use the picture of a marriage forsaken to express both his heart and our wandering. And he proclaims into the heart of humanity, This is my love for you. You are my beloved. Will you return again? I will woo. I will court you again. There will be the romance of heaven once more. He is the great lover of our souls. Through the Psalms, we see the journey of David and others expressed, where God, one minute, is the great victor in battle, the one that we fight with, not because we're fighting against Him, but we fight with alongside in our prayers, as Ruth described. It's this battling, it's this co-labouring with him to see his victory in the earth. And he invites us in. He is our strong tower. He is our strength of being. He's all that we need. He is the hen who covers us with his wings. He's the great redeemer of Israel. He's our hope. He's our shepherd. He's our everything. Through the major prophets, we see his whole expression into humanity of what will come. Isaiah speaks of a day when light will shine in the darkness, when people again will see who this God is and understand again and clearly that he is so very good. We're invited to come and taste and see that the Lord is good. We look forward to a time in those books when oppression will cease, when people will buy food without money and they will feast at the table of the Lord. We see throughout the Old Testament this picture unravelling of all these different characteristics of God towards humanity. And we get this point in the psalm where He says, Be still. And know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. I want us to take a moment this morning to ask him, what does that mean today? To know that you are God. I've described, as have Neil and Ruth and Dudley, the different attributes of God in our experience with him. And he's so many different things towards us. He's father, he's saviour, he's lord, he's king, redeemer. He's brother, he's friend, he's lover. I want us just to take a moment and ask Holy Spirit, will you reveal to me who are you as Lord right now? Because his revelation to you of who he is is indicative of how you need him to be and what he's going to walk with you in. Does that make sense? Let's just take a moment. Father, we just want to quieten ourselves and be still and know that you are God. And as we do so in these few moments, would you by your spirit drop into our hearts, be it word, picture, sense of who you are for us right now. Father, as you've revealed yourself to us, we ask that you take us to that next point and show us what you're doing with us in that way right now. What does this season mean for us as we walk with you in the way that you've revealed yourself? Father, keep speaking to us about these things this week. Enable us to come into your presence again and again, to know you, just to be with you, to rest with you. And allow your Holy Spirit to minister to us for your glory. Amen. Now, if if nothing specific came to mind in those moments, you have the revealed word of God towards you. And it's for you. And the truth of who God is remains. So if you didn't get a specific revelation in those moments of this is who I am for you, the reality is he'll lead you and guide you through his word. Because he is unchanging. He is unending in his goodness towards you. So you can trust him that he will reveal himself to you through his word. The other opportunity, of course, is in community where the Lord speaks through his people to one another for their strengthening in him. and Actually, somebody may well say to you an encouraging word out of God's heart, and that is revealing to you the nature and character of God. If you find that exploring these things with God in your own head is difficult, then can I encourage you to pray through that with somebody else, to talk about it and actually enable somebody else to come into your world to do that journey with you. I was praying the other day and felt from Psalm 24 that the Lord was banging on the gates of the church. That he was... Like, do you know Black Rod in Parliament, Houses of Parliament? And he he basically leads the procession. I may have got this wrong, but I think I'm right. He leads the procession of the king or queen coming into Parliament. Now, the king or queen has to have permission. Right, can't just walk into Parliament, even though they're the head of state. You have to have permission. It's the way it's set up. And so Black Rod stands there and strikes the doors of Parliament. It's up to the parliamentarians inside to give access, to say, come on in, come on in and sit on the throne. Come on in. And when Jesus in Revelation 3 says, I stand at the door and knock. And when we hear the proclamation in in Psalm 24 from the gates of the city saying, who is this king, mighty and victorious? The king is standing outside of the gates, waiting to come in. And so Jesus stands in the gates of our hearts and he knocks. And he says, do you know what? It's in Holman Hunt's picture, the handle's on the inside. What do you want to do? What do you want to do? Do you want to risk it by opening that door? Do you want to allow me to come in so that I can be with you and you with me? The whole picture is if you open the door, myself and my father will come in and we will eat with you. That's intimacy, that's family, that's relationship. That's exactly what the Lord has died on the cross for that we might have and enjoy. So, being with him in prayer is an invitation to be with him in that level of intimacy a meal, fellowship, love, connection, restoration, hope filled dialogue, peace, grace, mercy, kindness, long suffering, compassion. They're all on the banquet table. They're all laid out in front of us because that is him. That's who he is. And he says, come and taste and see. Come and dine, even in the presence of your enemies, even in the hardest place. Come and feast on me because I have for you everything you need. Everything. And we have the opportunity to open the door. If that for you is the first time today that you're hearing about this Jesus who is so amazing, so incredible, then I can encourage you, come talk to me afterwards. We can talk about what it is to give your life to him and enjoy God forever if you feel that there are barriers to entry, that you're not actually wanted in that space, if, that, if that you feel like I've received salvation, but actually I'm not invited, I'm, I'm outside, I, 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 I like the idea, but it's, it's unreal. I'm never going to have that relationship with God. I want us just to take a moment and actually allow the Father to speak into the deep places of our hearts. Because that's what he bought on the cross for us to have that level of intimacy that level of connection to feast on his delights let's just pray for a moment Father God you are so very good to us you are glorious and your goodness is the very feast that's in front of us we ask you Holy Spirit to destroy anything, any lie, any unbelief that stops us coming and feasting on your pure delights. We thank you, Lord, that you have enabled us to be at the banquet table through Jesus. And we're to come and we're to feast on you. And I pray for anything that says you're not worthy, anything that says not you, anything that says you're not clean, anything that says you're not worth it to be destroyed in your name. That your people might come freely into your presence with all that boldness, To enjoy you. To be with you. Amen. As we go from here this week, from the testimonies that we've heard from these others, we've got the opportunity to explore either in community group as well and on our own and elsewhere what this God has bought for us in prayer. And if Ruth, Neil's, Dudley's testimonies have provoked you, speak to them afterwards, please. Encourage them for what they've shared and what they've gifted to us today. And thank them for what they've done. Because what they've shared today are points of entry into the heart of the Father. And your point of entry is a different point of entry into the heart of the Father from somebody else. That's why we're called to be together so that we can learn from one another. And in doing so, we see the sparkle of another angle of that diamond, which is our God. Because I now start to see him through your eyes, not just my own. And I see more beauty in him than I realized was there. So can I encourage you in community to do that and celebrate God together and encourage one another. Please don't walk away with comparison
3: this morning. That's the last thing that's on the It's always...